This is Yorkton Stories, a new podcast which will explore and examine, and hopefully have some fun with at times, stories from Yorkton, Saskatchewan, Canada. Yorkton is a city in east-central Saskatchewan on the Yellowhead Highway between Winnipeg and Saskatoon, about 30 miles west of the Manitoba border. Yorkton has been here since 1882, first as York Colony, and then when the rail line came through from the east, moving a few miles south to take advantage of that new connection to the rest of the world. And it became Yorkton. There are stories to be told, as there are in every community. There are lots of stories. Stories about the past, stories about what's happening now, stories about people doing interesting things, sometimes extraordinary things. And there will be stories as time goes on, because new things are happening in every community, every day, and more old stories are discovered. My name is Dick DeRyke. I'm going to tell you some of those stories on this podcast. Twice a month, we'll publish a new one, along with photos where available, as well as other links, references, and files related to the story, which will all be posted on the website, yorktonstories.ca. On our website, you can listen to the latest podcast and previous ones, and see that supporting information. This is a new venture for me and for Yorkton. It is supported and presented by Harvest Meats, itself a Yorkton story, with the support of Grain Millers Canada, The Rock FM, and individuals who share our vision. My association with Yorkton goes back to 1967, when as a rookie reporter, I stepped off the train in Melville, My employer, the Yorkton Enterprise newspaper, had provided a taxi to take me to Yorkton, where I stayed at what was then the Holiday Inn, a single-story motel-type structure on the east side of the city. Later, it was greatly expanded to two stories and included a nightclub and convention facilities. It became the Best Western, then a Ramada Hotel. It is now an empty lot on East Broadway. It was not the Holiday Inn. The local Holiday Inn preceded that international chain. In fact, at one time, the international company went to court to get the local owners to change the name because of the similarity, claiming trademark infringement, and the local Holiday Inn won the case because they had the name first. Or so the Yorkton story goes. I checked in on a Sunday. I woke up on a Monday in early May, ready to start my new job, my first full-time job. I looked out the window and there was snow on the ground. I said to myself, hmm, what am I doing here? All of us who live on the prairies have said that to ourselves more than a few times. But I've been here since, other than five years in Edmonton. I was married here. We raised a family here. I worked for the Yorkton Enterprise, owned by Thompson Newspapers. Thompson was the largest newspaper chain in the world at the time owner of the Times of London, the Globe and Mail, and many others. My family had emigrated to Canada 10 years before I arrived in Yorkton. I was 10 when we flew from Amsterdam to Iceland, to Gander, Newfoundland, to Montreal on a KLM Super Constellation, a twin-prop airplane that seated about 50 people and that needed to make stops to refuel and feed the passengers. That was state-of-the-art flying at the time. My elder two brothers and sister 
and my parents had agreed that this was a move we should make. As I recall, I had no say in the matter. We took the train from Montreal to Kitchener, Ontario, where my father and siblings found jobs. I finished high school in Ontario, took journalism at a community college, and got on the train when I was offered a job in Yorkton in the spring of Canada's centennial year, 1967. There's a town east of Regina called White City. Yorkton and most communities in Saskatchewan at that time were literally white cities, Anglo-Saxon with a smattering of other cultures. Many British names, some Ukrainian names, or other Eastern European names, but not much of a multicultural presence. There was no recognition almost at all of the indigenous people. It was basically the same people who were on city council, who were members of the Rotary Club, other clubs and lodges, the Board of Trade. They were mostly men, but there were women who were prominent. Winnie Spence, who owned a shoe store with her husband, Karen Dowie, a member of the family that owned the stationery store, were early leaders of the Chamber of Commerce. In the medical field, Dr. Stephanie Potosky and Siga Houston had very early made their mark as doctors who were trusted by the community. In local politics, Dr. Potosky and Irene Konkin broke into the male-dominated city council. Being a young guy from Ontario did not particularly endear me to the local power brokers at the time. Not that they had anything against me personally, but I was from Ontario and worked for a newspaper headquartered in Ontario. The Yorkton Enterprise had been published locally since the early 1900s and was locally owned until the owner and publisher, Sam Wynn, sold it to Thompson Newspaper. Thompson would send in managers, publishers to run their local papers but it was a bit of a revolving door, two or three years, and they would move on. The fact that I was from Ontario was tempered somewhat by the fact that I was Dutch, and there was and still is a strong affinity between the Dutch and the Canadians going back to World War II. I married a young lady who was working across the street, and we raised a family. We moved five years where the pay was better than the notoriously parsimonious Thompson newspapers, but came back to Yorkton because we felt Edmonton in the early 1970s, population just over 400,000, was much too big a place to raise a family. And my wife's family was all here, which was a big contributing factor to our decision to return to Yorkton. In 1975, two partners and I started our own newspaper in competition with Lord Thompson of Fleet called Yorkton This Week. It still exists and the enterprise is no longer here. As a newspaper owner and editor, and later as an owner of other businesses in Yorkton, I heard many stories and filed them away, back of the mind, scribbled notes. We had six active businesses at one time. Don't ask me how we did that. My wife was involved in managing, and I do very distinctly remember that at one point, when I suggested that I might want to get into something else again, her answer was a very definite, do what you want, but don't ask me to get involved. There was a bit of a family, what, well, what should I call it, a reluctance to follow me into everything I was doing, because it was a lot. One of the businesses we had was the Robin's Coffee and Donuts franchise. 
If you want to hear stories, there is no better place in any community than Coffee Row, which I consider the forerunner to today's social media when it comes to a fast way to spread information. Where the Coffee Row or social media, you just need to be very careful to separate the facts from the fantasy. I found that once you invest in a community, in our case, Yorkton This Week and other businesses over the years, there is a different level of acceptance by the established old-timers because now we were local and we had skin in the game, as they say. And so my family has been part of Yorkton more than 50 years. The kids grew up and went their own way. We're still here. When we started the newspaper, Telling local stories was one of the things that made us successful. In every issue, we would have two or three stories about local people doing things that others might not know about, doing things that were interesting, and as I said, sometimes extraordinary. People are interested in what is happening in their community. They're interested in what others are doing. They're interested in finding out who is doing what. Maybe it's our inherent nosiness about our neighbors. But in most smaller communities, there is a genuine curiosity about the people who are making contributions and doing things. This podcast, simply named Yorkton Stories, is built on the same concept because in large measure, with only a few exceptions, local media is no longer local. Yorkton This Week is owned by a newspaper conglomerate in British Columbia. The longtime radio and television stations are owned by large corporations provincial and national. They don't have perhaps the same inclination, perhaps not the same budgets, and not the same local knowledge to do the kinds of stories that we did back starting in 1975. There are exceptions. The Rock FM radio and access communications do concentrate on local programming. Access itself is a success story around Saskatchewan and many communities. But in the interest of full disclosure, I am a former board member and former chair of the Board of Access Communications. And the reason I got involved in that was in part because of its commitment to communities and community programming and telling the stories of local people, which they still do, as does the Rock FM. Yorkton Stories, that's what we're going to explore. A side note, the city no longer has a historian and archivist as they did until a few years ago. So when it comes to telling local stories and leaving an oral history, somebody should be doing that. We are going to do that. Talk to people who were there, who did things, remember history, who have interesting observations about things that did happen and things that are happening. We will also be inviting you to send us suggestions about people doing something that others should know about. I won't promise that all will see the light of day, but we would like to hear from you. Go to the website, yorktonstories.ca. There's a form there you can fill in. And if you happen to know me personally and happen to know my phone number, well, give me a call. Yorkton Stories will launch in May. We will publish two stories per month, and we will continue as long as there are stories to be told and age doesn't get in the way. We appreciate greatly the support of Harvest Meats, of Grain Millers Canada, of The Rock FM, and perhaps we will be fortunate enough to attract other sponsors 
who share our vision of the worth of researching and recording Yorkton stories. We are also on GoFundMe.com, a website where you can make a small dollar donation by credit card to help offset the cost of producing these podcasts. That's entirely voluntary. Our podcasts are and will always be free to listen to. You can find us at GoFundMe.com slash Yorkton Stories with a hyphen between Yorkton and Stories. You can also search for Yorkton Stories on their homepage or go to our website, yorktonstories.ca, where you will also find a link. And if you'd like to receive an email when a new podcast is published, sign up for our email notification, which you can also do on the website. We look forward to launching the first one in May, and we look forward to hearing your responses, your comments, and your suggestions. Thank you, and we'll be talking with each other soon.